listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. sound of a man dejected by the movies that he's that he's seen and the life choices that he has made that is all all roads have led me to be very exasperated about the movie napoleon coming in hot with the with the intro here welcome to one take podcast whatever this movie sucks <laughs> <laughs> um there are so many good movies out actually I mean, ones have kind of come and gone from Middle America theaters, but like y'all can still see like the holdovers and like some other some other things like that. Thanksgiving, which Teach still needs to see and report back to us because I will not be seeing. Uh, I'm definitely gonna go see that. I'm definitely gonna see that. A few other films, you know. I mean, Wish is in theaters, which some a pleasant are, time, which some people are shitting on. A lot of people are shitting on. Oh, you're not uh, shitting on it, Dex? I've heard no. nothing but people shitting on it. I had a pleasant time. Like literally everyone. <laughs> including Mattis Bear, who we're gonna have to try to have on this podcast about it. Is DM'd it corny? us. Yeah, it is corny. But that's what I got <laughs> this movie for. Matt was so mad at the movie Wish, he DM'd us to be like, <laughs> let me come on and spit my bars about Wish. Something Every grown man needs to do. Anyway, um, Napoleon. Okay. Do we need to read the synopsis of Napoleon? Like, I think we all know who Napoleon is. Whatever, no? man. Dynamite? <laughs> yeah, Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite, actually. Um, a better movie. Napoleon, True. 6.7 on IMDb, rated R, 2 hours, 38 minutes. Ridley Scott has already said, oh, like he does. There's a four hour of the four hour cut of this movie, which is better. I will not be watching God. that. No, thank you, dude. What is? No, okay. I will not. Y'all know I love me a long film. I will keep the long cut of this film the fuck away from me. No, thank you. No thanks. Uh, an epic that details the checkered rise and fall of French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte. Does it? Relentless <laughs> journey. Does it do that? It's a power. It literally doesn't do that, though. Of his addictive, <laughs> volatile relationship with his wife, Josephine. Uh, directed by Ridley Scott. 85-year-old. How old is he? 82? Too old to be making movies, man. Wrap it up. Go on. <laughs> Somebody said, just quick tweet of the tweet of the week. Somebody said uh, Spielberg and Scorsese are reflecting back on their lives and their mortality and the work that they have made and what it all means before they try to hang it up. And uh, somebody said, Ridley Scott, God can have me when he kills me, when he earns me. <laughs> and he just keeps making them, man. He made fucking, he made like seven films during the pandemic and nobody's really talked about it. I, him and Clint Eastwood both need to just just go home, man. Wrap it up. It's over. Uh, will I watch Gladiator 2? Yes, I will. But yeah. <laughs> come on, dog. 
Uh, I will be there. I will be seated for Gladiator 2. However, I'm with Dex on this. The theater for Gladiator 2 is going to be like an all-time experience. So many people will be going to see that movie. We'll see. Even though Russell Crowe is in it. It has Denzel Washington in it, man. So? (laughs) What do you mean, so? He made a movie with Matt Damon and Adam Driver in it that seven people saw. That's a good point. I mean, we did see it. And it wasn't bad. was rape. But there was a lot of rape. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot of that. Will not have rape in it. Oh, yes. Is that your prediction right now? Actually, I think so. There's no rape in Napoleon. No rape he in could have, there could have definitely been some rape in Napoleon. So <laughs> I, I think that there's a good chance that he's done putting rapes on screen because there, there were times in Napoleon where it was quite literally like they were cutting away from impending rape, and I was like, thank God, thank I thank you that we're doing that. We I am to willing to bet $10 right now there will be an on-screen rape in Gladiator 2. <laughs> I'm not taking I'm not taking these bets. This seems kind of uh bad to be taking that bet. <laughs> but keep your money. Um written by David uh, Scarpa, uh stars Joaquin Phoenix back working with Ridley Scott for the first time since Gladiator, I believe. Um Vanessa Kirby uh looking thank you, you know. Like, Oscar nominated Vanessa yeah. Kirby with nothing to do. Nothing to do. Um, well, she could cash the check. That's what she had to do. But well, also, but also, thank you, filmmakers, for putting her in movies. True. Yeah, I like Vanessa Kirby. I do. Um, and then a host of character actors. There, those are the two really big names in this. I kind of really don't know anyone else. Oh, Rupert Everett is the Duke of Wellington. But other than that, I don't know a lot of the other guys that are in this. Um, you, you like you've seen them in British TV, basically. Is it uh, uh, British food? No, that's beef Wellington. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Incredible. Um, yeah, the Duke of Beef Wellington. Uh, <laughs> this did okay business, I guess. But I How think much it's, did this movie cost to make? Had, it doesn't look cheap. It doesn't say. I'm not seeing. Hold on. Dex, Those battle you know, scenes were not cheap. I can promise you that right now. That was not a cheap thing to pull off. And there are a lot of battle scenes in this film. I'm going to imagine it's going to be like $150 million. Yeah, 130 to $200 million. Yes. Yeah, so yeah that's what I was thinking. That's um, it costs some money. It's done okay. It made $86 million worldwide, which... Maybe it'll make its money. Maybe it'll make its money back. But he has had Ridley Scott. I mean, he doesn't need us. He'd probably tell us to go fuck ourselves. But like, I'm sure that's what he'd say. He he hasn't had a huge box. Like House of Gucci wasn't a huge box office success either. And as we know, as we you know, kind of concern trolled on this podcast, uh, the I'm saying the rape movie, but that movie, (laughs) the last duel, the last Last duel. duel. Was uh, the one of the biggest flops of all time? <laughs> so House of Gucci should have been the biggest movie in the world. It just didn't, but it wasn't his fault. That that's real cinema, and we stand by that film. We stand by. We it. do. I, I, as a podcast, I, facts. As a podcast, okay. two or three votes. We stand next to that film, and uh, we, two we, out we hold it up. We hold it up as an example of of real cinema. It is real cinema. Two out of three is, in fact, a majority, but to let it be known for the courts that I uh, kind of fucking hate that movie. <laughs> uh, 
House of Gucci. Well, House of Gucci made 153 million worldwide on a 75 million dollar budget. So okay, like maybe I'm not giving his him his props, but uh, Napoleon, it didn't get good reviews either. Because um, it stinks. Gee, I wonder what. Let's see. What did it have on here? I think it had a. My computer's being weird, but I believe it had like a five, 56 on. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. I want to know what the audience thought. Yeah, 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, this is the first time I've seen it kind of in lockstep. People really didn't fuck with this movie. No. Like, even even really a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I, think, I think some critics or, like, big-time movie boys are trying to reclaim it as actually this will go down as like one of his better works already but I, I just not smart enough to understand why he was making fun of biopics and you for those like people it. have never seen gladiator because <laughs> what do you mean going down as one of his better have they not have this is their first ridley scott movie this guy <laughs> fucking made gladiator what are we talking about he made alien yeah like, this guy fuck? fucking made alien what are we talking about what do you mean one of his better movies? What, what does that even mean? Thelma and Louise. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't, Blade Runner, you know. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, like, we're being real, like, kind of low, low on this podcast. And I think it's because it took us so long to, like, review it. But also, it's hard when it's just, like, like, I was re-listening a few weeks ago to our Fast X podcast just to kind of like go back and think well like what did i think about that movie and sort of the year in movies why did you do that that's well that film stinks yeah i know (laughs) i was listening to our review i didn't watch the movie again i don't care about that i'll listen to our content um (laughs) but i just wanted to think like the year i was thinking back on the year in movies and i was kind of looking back on like well is our content better if we like kind of hate the movie and the vitriol we had for Fast X, which is an objectively horrible movie, <laughs> made for some pretty good podcasting. If I will, I will say so myself. This this movie isn't isn't bad enough to yeah, get vitriol. I don't think it's bad enough. Fart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a wet fart. And so we now can't really I'm turn kinda, up on this film. It's not yeah, that bad. Like we're just kind of like. Uh, but I mean, Dex, you have had sort of the most in public denouncement of this movie. I know Tej went on a Twitter rampage last night or two nights ago. Uh, but give your spiel. Uh, I you watch the trailer for this movie, and like the trailer looks bad, but it looks like they're going to do the thing that they say they're going to do. Like it looks like they're going to give you, oh, Napoleon, he, you know conquered a bunch of shit he came from nothing he conquered everything whatever like you're gonna see the rise and fall of this very controversial person you're gonna learn some shit about this era of french history if you didn't know it already like it's going to be an interesting story like we'll find out what the commentary is on napoleon the man later next on dragon ball z there's going to be a commentary on napoleon because we're making a napoleon movie and it's got joaquin phoenix in it he's won an oscar vanessa kirby's in it and she was nominated for an oscar we're serious people who make serious films but like 
this is not a serious film at all. Yes. <laughs> like it makes no attempts to be a serious film, which is fine. I just felt like I should have known that before I saw the movie. Like if you're going to put a bunch of trailers and posters everywhere, at some point you should get across the fact that this movie is not attempting to be serious. Because <laughs> it's just not. I, I said this to Royden while he was watching the movie. Napoleon feels like if you sent like a sixth grader to school one day and they had like learned about Napoleon in social studies class and he got home from school and you were like, so what'd you learn today? And he goes, oh, so there was this queen in France. She got her head chopped off. It was kind of cool. And then uh, there was this other guy, Napoleon, and he like, you know, like tried to like become in charge after that, but he didn't really become in charge yet. But then he got in like a battle and then he got like married and stuff, but he didn't really like his wife that much, but they were still married. And then like it's like just all this random shit you don't need. And then he's like, oh, there's a big battle with like a bunch of ice and shit. And like dudes fell into the ice. That shit was crazy. And then like he, he got divorced. Like it's just like the most random, like up and down, yeah, like tangents of a story. Like it's just not there's no like through line there's no build to anything it's just ridley scott read a book about napoleon kind of he didn't that's the whole thing no that's the whole thing he has come out on like this he quite literally did not read a book about napoleon (laughs) he's like that's for nerds and writers (laughs) of which i'm not (laughs) it's just like just the most like you didn't do anything you didn't say anything it's just so random and dumb and Joaquin Phoenix's performance is odd but not like an interesting way like right he's not trying to do Napoleon at all like which no one would even know how to do I don't think but it's not like he's really trying to do anything like, well, he's not bombastic he's not like a major general like yeah know, like there's nothing more monger you don't never see Joaquin Phoenix on screen as Napoleon, and you're like, "Yeah, I understand how this man took over parts of the world." But <laughs> it's just he's just a dude, you know, and like him being a short dude doesn't even feel like a thing in this movie. Like it's just he's just a weird, weird guy, <laughs> and that's it. Uh, the whole story they try to do with Vanessa Kirby's character just doesn't make any sense. Josephine, like. Apparently, this is, like, the love of his life. And at the end of the movie, when he dies, you're supposed to believe, like, he's, like, thinking about her and is, like, very serious about her. But, like, the parts of their relationship that they actually show you on screen are all just her being, like, you suck. You stink. Like, I don't want to have your child. Get game weak. Can't get me pregnant. (laughs) Like, you're trash. And you're not going to leave me because you're a little bitch. (laughs) <laughs> like, like that's literally a scene in this movie where he's like mad at her and she's like you little bitch you ain't gonna do shit he's like you're right I'm your mother never bitch. loved you <laughs> and it's like how are you gonna make the end of your movie like they're the ends on like them being like so in love and like oh he died and was thinking about her and blah 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 and it's like you never showed us them in love on screen ever at any point like, why? What were you trying to do here? What was the point of making this movie? <laughs> what was any of this for? This shit sucks. D. 
Uh, Teach. All right. Well, first of all, much like Dex, when I first saw this trailer, I knew this film was going to be complete cheeks, and I like Ridley Scott. I mean, he made American Gangster for God's sakes, but I knew this shit was going to be some fucking cheeks because one, I don't mean to be the woke liberal snowflake. I know people are rolling their eyes. But one, we really don't need another story about Napoleon. It's just literally not a necessary thing that we have to do. I'm not going to harp on that. That's not why this movie sucks. Uh, this movie we is have too- never made a movie or so many movies. I guess like Hitler is in a lot of movies, but we've never made so many movies over a dude that murdered or was responsible for the deaths of like three million people. It's extremely nasty. We this these are two different movies. One part of this movie is bros being different movies. It's bros being bros. It's bros fighting war as opposed to going to therapy. And because (laughs) of who Ridley Scott is and his background, these scenes are fucking awesome. It is really fun to watch these old school wars on the different countrysides. They're they're really well shot. They are very very realistic. I very much enjoyed those parts of the movie. But every time you leave a battle. You zoom back in on Napoleon's life, and the whole movie goes to complete shit. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is doing literally like Napoleon is the butt of a joke here. He's doing a performance of Napoleon that makes him look like the most pathetic, the most trivial, the most shallow person that you can imagine, which is probably true. He he's clearly got little dick issues, and the way he operates, his sex is bad, his stroke is horrible. His wife is having an affair when he goes to war. Things are just going bad for him. People are treating him in a way that he doesn't like. People are making promises to his face and immediately making packs with England on the back end. Like he's being treated like a complete joke. <coughs> and he is a complete joke, like in the small scenes, which is most of the movie where you're just with him and dealing with the people around him and, and mostly dealing with his wife. The whole stuff of Vanessa Kirby is so half baked, it makes no sense. They're trying to be funny at times, but it's not particularly funny. It's just a little weird. It's just like a, what are we doing here? Why are we spending so much time within Napoleon's marriage? Why is that important to this film? And these two movies are totally divorced from each other. Nothing that happens in his personal life informs how he performs on the field. And nothing that happens on the field of battle really informs the story. It informs where the where his story goes in terms of his fortunes. Because when he loses the battle, obviously he goes into exile, right? So it informs like where the next scene is set. But it doesn't really, you don't really learn anything about what motivates Napoleon other than the fact that he wants to win battles. He says that he loves France. There's no actual evidence in this film that he loves France or <laughs> loves anything other than himself. So you don't really learn anything about what motivates Napoleon. You don't really learn anything about his wife, God forbid. You don't really learn anything about France in this film. All you see is cool battle scenes followed by scenes where Joaquin Phoenix is just acting like a very pathetic beta male who is Napoleon and apparently is the most fearsome man in the world because he conquered half of it. But then you zoom in on him and he's crying in the room like a little bitch because his wife fucks somebody else and he feels bad about it and he has bad sex. Like this is, he's literally a joke. There's a scene where like uh, he's basically putting down an insurrection. He's putting, there's a French uh, revolution going on. He's putting down an insurrection and just when he realizes that he has the army, he can just take power. Basically, for a small second, his army's like outside of the building. And he goes in and basically is trying to get everybody in the French government to resign their position so that they can take over the government. And the guys start physically attacking Napoleon. 
he's literally screaming like a bitch. He's like, ah, ah, they're attacking me. Oh my God. He's like getting like beat up. Falls it's, down the stairs. It's, it's like, like <laughs> it's played like really like this guy is literally pathetic. Like it's played like that. But then he, he, he opens the door and his army's there and the army comes and takes over. So it's like these two movies are so divorced from each other. You can't see from the stuff going on in his life, how he becomes the him on the, how he becomes Phil Jackson. Like it doesn't, like it doesn't really make much sense. But it's always cool to see some good war scenes. Those were fun. This movie's a C minus. The it's it's it it it's what it has no reason to exist. Ridley Scott is way too talented to make something like this. Vanessa Kirby is way too interesting to be cast as someone in this role. And Joaquin Phoenix is just being a weird beta cuck, but also the strongest man in the world. I just, I don't know. It's 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 a C minus. Yeah, it, it's not very good. I don't get it. I literally don't get it. Um, it doesn't know what movie it wants to be. Uh, Ridley Scott is the best at doing these huge set piece battle scenes, especially in these historical epics. Like, like it, I, there's no one better. Um, the Last I, Duel has some of that stuff too. When you're not watching yeah. rape, you're seeing some really awesome fight scenes. You're seeing some real action. Yeah, no one's better at. It. And he's been doing it for forever. Um, or at least since I've been alive. Uh, it's not It's not quite like a dark comedy. It's not quite like a weird sex comedy. You know what I mean? Like a weird sexual fantasy comedy with the two, with the two leads. It's not quite like a black comedy like The Death of Stalin or something like that where it's just so dry and they don't take into account the rest of what happened with Napoleon. Like there's a movie in here where it's like, Oh, he comes Napoleon rises to power as a comedy, you know, kind of there's a weird erotic sex thriller in here with him and Vanessa Kirby. They didn't flesh that out at all other than like that's how they chose to do it. Or there's the big historical epic of this is Napoleon. Pick one. Pick one. Pick uh, literally anything. Pick one. Do they did, something. They did all they did all of it. They was like, oh, I want to do all of it. And I I guess I probably would have preferred like me personally, like do the cradle to the grave, you know, we, we bemoan that and roll our eyes at it. But like, I would have in this case preferred the cradle to the grave rise to power, multiple battle scenes, conquests, all of this stuff. But we didn't get that. It was like battle scene, 15 years in the future. Uh, I can't get my wife pregnant go to war, battle scene, come back, exile. It was just like... And none of these things are connected. Like, they just no. happen. <laughs> you have a whole kid storyline. The kid is born. You literally never see the kid again. Never. <laughs> Both kids. You literally never see them again. They don't... They become a storyline for the middle part of this movie, and then it all of a sudden is literally not a storyline anymore. And it's like he doesn't even have kids. It's just so... It's just such a weird movie, man. 
I, I give it a D plus. I, I just was I, I could not believe that I was so thoroughly bored by a Ridley Scott epic battle movie. Um because a lot of it wasn't that. In between the battle scenes, I was I was thoroughly just like, what is happening? <laughs> and why is it and why? The motivations are unclear. Um, they want to tell you that, like, because of his complex with his wife and his thoughts about himself, they they don't even they sort of mention that his mother was sort of this like ruled with an iron fist woman, this disciplinarian. They hand waved the shit out of that, which is a huge part of Napoleon's story. Really, he had a big <laughs> mom complex, which makes a lot of sense. But like it, they they don't it it never really fully dives into that, or even we're big dumb idiots. Like it never really fully even explains like that's why he's going to war is because of his inadequacies. Um, but that's what it is, and it's just un it's just unclear. Um, Vanessa Kirby, uh, like we were saying off, pop, besides telling him that his dick game is weak, like has nothing to do. And they literally like just send her away at some point. <laughs> yeah, they'll go. <laughs> like, you know, goodbye. We banish you to another palatial estate. Um, yeah, I don't. I just don't care. You know. I hate to be that guy on a movie podcast, you know, reviewing stuff and just do it. The movie does nothing to make you care. The movie does nothing to make you care about the fates of Napoleon or um, uh, Vanessa Kirby's character. It literally does nothing to make you care about what happens to them as people. Nothing. You're just watching and you're just like, why do I care if Napoleon lives or dies? Why do I care what happens to Napoleon and his wife? I'm not, and like obviously, a lot of the jokes with Vanessa Kirby and the and in the inner wife stuff are played for comedy, but it's not a particularly funny movie. Like it's it, it's not like you're gonna like have a lot of laughs, but you're going to realize there are a lot of scenes that are supposed to be funny. Yeah, you're watching then, and you're like, oh, that's a joke. Well, yeah, like, that's a joke, but like it's. I think my theater didn't get that they were playing for some of the stuff for laughs either. I, like, I knew because I had read going in that there some parts that are played for laughs and that it's supposed to be funny. And like, so I was on the look, I was kind of actually on the lookout for jokes, but I, yeah, like the whole, the whole, the first time that they, they cut the first time they consummate their marriage or whatever is like where he's just railing. This poor woman is uh, <laughs> supposed to be funny, yeah. but I don't think people thought it was funny. They were kind of like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it just looks weird, like it's yeah. like the way it's framed. Like the, it just looks weird. Like when he did the same thing with like Adam Driver and Lady Gaga, but that was like just so over the top, ridiculous. Like them just like throwing each other around, like that little fucking whatever yeah, fuck Gaga screaming mobile office thing they were in. Like just obviously over the top and funny. And like you said that this movie was supposed to be camp. House of Gucci is actually camp where it's like everything is ridiculous and that's like the cool and fun and funny part. And House this of Gucci is, like, is hilarious. This movie is just everything is weird. It's like not weird enough to be camp but too weird to be funny. Like 
Right. So do we think that, like, because we all liked The Last Duel, and we, we got the tone of it and what they were doing filmmaking-wise, and I think that comes with a, a decent script from good script writers, screenwriters, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck, known, known quantities, you know what I mean? But uh, is... Are we concerned at all that maybe Ridley Scott has like lost sight of his tone or where no, he because Gladiator 2 is gonna be real cinema, and if it is that, we're going to act like it was never released because Gladiator 1 <laughs> still exists. He and cannot I, fumble how many awesome people he has in that cast. Uh that's all that's I mean awesome, he's fumbled uh ensemble cast before. He has. Hey, but, uh... <laughs> You I think, think he fumbled House of Gucci, which has like I think it depends. Yeah, I think it depends cast. on where you stand on House of Gucci. If you did not like House of Gucci, you're probably thinking, "Oh, what's going on here? This is three in a row." I'm, I'm been... concerned. It is me doing a big concern. <laughs> I, I I am not not concerned at all. Gladiator Two is going to make a bajillion dollars. They could make Dex a director of Gladiator Two. That doesn't mean it'll be good, but it will make a bajillion dollars. Gladiator is one of the few movies that people generally consider perfect. Like it's it's a perfect film. And it doesn't have it has about ninety nine percent less rape than the last duel, which is a good ratio of yeah. rape that you should put on screen. Fair enough, but I don't. Know. This could this could either. I don't be know. There's like some a, weird stuff with Joaquin Phoenix and his sister in that movie. This could either be like a Top Gun Maverick moment where it's like everyone is so fucking back, like we're going gladiator like <laughs> two rules and we're all in, or it can be like some of the other legacy sequels where we were like, could be. Did we really need to do this? I don't know if we did. That's a good point. I I look. I'll I'll lean more back than not. But yikes, brother! That's all I'm gonna say. Like I'm just <laughs> I'm not I'm not with it. I'm not feeling it. You know. Uh, and really, dude. Scott is 85, and he's saying weird things on the internet. Like what a lord, just going over people and just being like. You fucking nerds care about reviews. Never cared yeah. about a review in my life. Like, you care about history and facts. Losers. Also, just and you're crazy just like, oh, that the guy who was like, oh, people don't want to learn anything if they can't learn it on TikTok. But just like, I don't need to learn about Napoleon. Like, I'm just like <laughs> the movie anyway. <laughs> Wait, why are you? Why would you ask me that? Why do I need to learn about Napoleon? What are you talking about? Since when have I needed to care about I'm a about director. This? I don't need to fucking learn. What are you, you fucking nerd? I'm going to make this movie, bitch. What do you mean? <laughs> and it's, and it's, I, there are asking of, me like, questions. <laughs> I, I am not the person who feels like you have to be a stickler about historical accuracy when you're making a film. I, not even I, a little bit. I though. want you to make the best film possible. But this film is uninteresting and not good. So then it begs the question of why you decided to be historically inaccurate and make a film that was overall cheeks. That you cannot do both of those. Well, you I can't, don't especially think a story this it. big. I don't think you went into it being like, I'm gonna make an ass film. And then just like <laughs> that shit stinks, yeah, bro. If you're, this... if you're gonna be lying to us, at least get off like cool lies. Like the social network is full of lies. That shit rules. Like, yeah, give give Napoleon a machine gun. They will understand why he was him. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! This guy's got a machine gun. He's basically God out there. Napoleon I would understand from the future. And like, these other dudes are living in seventeen ninety seven. He's in twenty ninety seven. Like, if y'all ever seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, yes. 
Somebody no, Dex has seen that. Somebody tweeted uh, Tiege like hated Napoleon. Not once did they show his conquering of San Dimas and the mall <laughs> and the, the water and the water park. <laughs> <laughs> Very niche reference to people that get that 1989 movie, but yeah, it's a uh, great joke. Um, I don't have anything really. I, I just I was bored, man. I don't know why. I was I was just like. Winning with such high expectations was bored. Nah, and that's I, the worst sin of them all. How was I bored? When we, how like, can you make a movie this long telling this complex of a story and it be boring? And it be boring. Like, yeah. That's insane. Like, I, now, I don't know. I did find myself with the battle scene in Russia when they're falling through the ice and doing this stuff. Like, there that are was fucking awesome. awesome. That was parts. fucking awesome. The Waterloo scene where they're all like they go on a cavalry charge and then all the 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 infantry like group together in like a phalanx basically and stave off the cavalry. Like I thought that was a really interesting way of doing this. The battle scenes, Ridley, even at eighty-two years old, still got it, man. Like that's we've we've been saying that. Just the rest of the character study stuff. I don't think he has. He didn't a, study the character. No, <laughs> that's a, how right, can you make a character study with character you didn't study? <laughs> well, there's a thing. Two days before they started filming the movie, Joaquin Phoenix came to him and said, I don't know what to do. And so they had to like sit down and like, from the start of this of this movie, from the start of this, like read it from front to back and go over what the character was. And somehow the character that they came up with was like an anti-performance where he's just going to be really subtle. And he never really has these like bombastic moments like you would expect from these movies. And I'm saying you have to do that, but it just mixed in with the rest of the sauce, like in this gumbo that is this movie, it was a, it was boring and it is nothing. So it, it doesn't make sense why an army would follow this man through there's a point in this movie where he basically goes against the advice of counsel and says, we're going to keep marching forward into Russia through the Russian winter, which basically causes the downfall of the French empire. It basically literally causes France to start to lose these places they had colonized because he made this decision. It, it, the person you're seeing when he's not fighting the war does not justify why these soldiers, a lot of them deserted, but why would any of them have stayed with them if he's making a decision like that, because the goofball that we've been seeing with his wife and dealing with the French parliament and dealing with the French bourgeoisie, it's like nobody would ever follow that guy. He's fucking literally pathetic. He's he has no more friends. He's a bum. But then we get on the battlefield and all of a sudden he's like, he makes one tactical decision. Hey, move the cannons over there. And all of a sudden he is him. He's Phil Jackson. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. These two, these two movies don't live in the same universe together. They make no sense together. He gets exiled, and then he comes back, and he's like, "I'm back," and they're like, "Oh shit, it's Napoleon!" Yeah. Like, I was why? so confused by that. I was like, he pulled the T'Challa. He was like, "I'm here." Everybody's like, "Yes, fuck yeah, dude!" You you can't just give him a moment like that because me as a viewer, I'm like, wait. Why are they? Why are they excited that he's back? Why are they? Why are they embracing him? He's like, "Are you for me or are you for someone else?" They're like, "Yeah, we're with you." And I'm like, 
Okay, but why, why are they with him? <laughs> why? Why did I didn't think they were gonna decide to be with him? He, I he's being game bump. was whack. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused at that moment. I was like, oh, he's getting a hero's welcome, and now he's gonna ride back into town, back into the place he was exiled from, and the army's like, yeah, we love him again. It's like, why, what? dog? We, like, why? He's done nothing for like. Y'all are just freezing your asses off and dying. <laughs> also, like there are so many things in this movie where I was like, so so why did why did that happen? Like uh when they go back when they get to Russia and the Russians like burn the city down, he just stands there and he's like, damn, that's crazy. All right, moving on. <laughs> like, like, what? like why they, did they, they had him in him? Had it in him. That's crazy. <laughs> Damn, they're some wild boys. All right. <laughs> and we never even really, like, it doesn't even feel like we finished the story with Russia at all. It's just like, all right, well, well now. Well, no, because that's kind of gonna... how it went. Dude. He just fucked around in the Russian winter and had to be like, ah, shit. And he's just like, okay, cool. Like, I'll just go back home. And they're like, well, you, you, you can't come back home. We're sending you to a different island now. Bye. <laughs> like, and then the movie just ends. You imagine that still happened? Like after after we didn't find weapons of mass destruction in like Iran or Iraq, I can't remember which one, but like Iran and like what if we just sent Bush into exile? Why didn't we do like that's fire? Sorry, like you can't leave Alaska. You literally when you watch, you cannot leave Alaska. You are get ready stuck to learn there. Chinese, buddy. <laughs> like, like you know. After the after the eighteen drone strikes didn't work with Obama, we're just like we're just like all right, you know. We've had enough of you. you gotta go to Puerto Rico, and you're just like, what? <laughs> Get on the boat. <laughs> <Get going. Yeah. laughs> we just don't do that anymore. We used to be <laughs> we used to be a proper world. You know what I mean? Bring back exile. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back exile. Honestly. Can you imagine if we were like, like the House voted today, George Santos, <laughs> you're going, you're getting on the boat, buddy. We'll never see you again. Sending you to Equatorial Guinea. They're like, what? We found a nice little island for you. Go build a life for yourself. Get out of here, kid. <laughs> I wish I had more to say about this movie, but I literally, like, there's not a lot to say. It's just, it's a nothing burger. I wouldn't, I would not recommend anyone spend their time watching it. Even if you like Joaquin Phoenix, even if you like Ridley Scott, I happen to like both of them. But this did nothing for me. Uh, I like Vanessa Kirby as much as the next guy. No, this just wasn't it. I want yeah. a movie about all the other characters who died in this movie. Like, obviously, there are Marie Antoinette movies, but, like, that opening scene was just so fire. That should be the end of a good movie, I feel like. And um, the Rose Pierre scene, that should also be the end of a very good movie instead of being like random throwaways in this nonsense. Mm -hmm. um, like, there's just so much little shit in here that I'm like, why don't we, why don't we like fluff that out a little bit more? Why don't we make that mean something? Because they weren't Napoleon. <laughs> I mean, that too, but also like none of the Napoleon shit means anything either. Like, I don't know. I just hate that Ridley Scott does this where it's like, it's now, it's like, well, you got to watch my definitive cut of the movie to really get what I was trying to do. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. I would not be doing that. Yeah. Take a good movie to begin with. 
he tried to pull Kanye and said, "Oh, I, I, we fixed wolves. Go back, guys. So give me another chance. <laughs> I'm gonna drop the DLC. The Napoleon DLC is coming. Napoleon DLC. <laughs> like I don't. It's 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 very hard to Cyberpunk 2077 ass movie. Oh, we patched it. We patched it. We swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> Not that I think Napoleon is interesting in any way, shape, or form, but it is difficult to make a movie about something like this and make it uninteresting. That's difficult." Because this is stuff that people like. People like watching war movies. People like watching rise and fall stories. People love a biopic. And this actually falls short on every account. But the war scenes are cool. Like, I had a good time watching those scenes. I felt like I was in in that moment. And then you zoom back into his life. And it's like, I don't care. I do not care what's happening with Napoleon's marriage. I never once cared. And the movie never made me care. Not even one time. They don't even like each other, like at any point in the movie. <laughs> like, yeah, but she, they're supposed to be these star-crossed lovers that like don't under are misunderstood. You never weirdo. feel that. You never she feel that at a party, and then her homegirl is like, "So you trying to get with Napoleon or what?" And she's like, "Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm chilling." And her homegirl is like, "Well, I heard he's gonna be rich one day," and she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, maybe." <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> Vanessa Kirby did, did say, I want to show you something. And once you see it, you always want it. I thought that was bars. I thought that was bars for the, the, six, the late 1500s. That's how bad bitches were talking at the time. I thought that was bars. <laughs> I respect that. But, yeah, this movie sucks. Do y'all have uh, women that do that to you in your everyday life? Show me something that I always wanted. <laughs> I am not going to woman. Question. Imagine if a woman did that uh, to you today. You'd be like... Please go home. <laughs> I'm like you're, you're really hyping it up. Like, like let's yeah. just do the reveal. Don't don't yeah. hype it up. Well, I might not. I might not like it as much as you think. Uh, Let me many, make it. How many guys have you used this line on? <laughs> how, hey, many people, I, how many people? How many people? Please, thanks. every regular in this bar know that you do this every night. Like, <laughs> like the, the running joke amongst the patrons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, let's do what we're watching. Dex, um, real quick, uh, give your. We, we may review it on. I I don't know if I'll see it, but give your Beyonce thoughts. I'll be right back. The Beyonce Renaissance movie fucking rules. It is so good. It's. If you've seen Homecoming, which hopefully you all have because it's on Netflix and you have no excuse not to, the parts where she like cuts into the show with like these little vignettes about like behind the scenes, all the work that she's putting in the process and like uh, the dancers and the stage setup and the crew and the costuming and all that other stuff. There's a lot more of that in Renaissance than there is in Homecoming. She like doubled down, doubles down on it, but it's worth it. Because I felt like I genuinely learned a lot of things about Beyonce like in the course of this movie. And um, you, it really makes you realize that what she's doing, like, it seems like, oh, it's Beyonce. Everything she does is super easy for her. Like, she's always in her pocket. Like, it's all effortless. No, it is not. <laughs> like, she is doing ridiculous, ridiculous work to put on all these shows and, like, I just came away even more impressed with Beyonce than I already was, which seems impossible. Um, so yeah, definitely worth a watch. And also, like the music just slaps. Like it's it's Beyonce. It's Renaissance. Like you like the arrangements, the like the dancing, the vocals. Like it's all there. Like 
what is not to like? This is a great fucking time. It's it's long. It's like damn near three hours. I got out of the theater at 1.30 in the morning last night. God damn. Yes. <laughs> Turn that shit up. But it's all worth it, and I will probably go see it again when I can watch it for free on A-list, hopefully. Now, I don't want to pay money for it again. But Now, the main complaint that I heard about the Taylor Swift documentary is that it was just a concert film, and it wasn't more like revealing. I guess like, she did Miss Americana, which we kind of hated actually on this podcast yeah miss americana also didn't reveal anything if i'm yeah. starting to feel like there's just nothing to reveal <laughs> like taylor swift well, is just no not, there was just like m- no behind the scenes of how they put the concert on mm. or whatever uh was this would this have more of that or anything? way way more of that yeah i see that's the stuff that interests me like how does she change outfits you know what i mean like just that's, an insane production that they like show you a lot of like how it comes together and it's also like, like it's not just a like a recording of one night of the concert, like the Taylor Swift one was. Like it's like they're cutting through different nights of it, like the entire time, basically. So you're see, it definitely feels more of like a documentary of like how this tour came together, while also seeing like the actual performance than it does like, hey, I did the Aerosaur this one night. Here it is, like, which you know. There's not as much like singing and dancing in the audience because like there's these like long stretches of Beyonce talking to you about how hard it is being uh, everyone's favorite. <laughs> uh, must be tough. <laughs> and being then a they go back to the music. Yeah, it must be tough being a billionaire. Um, and then you know Taylor Swift, it's like it's just the music, so everyone's just up singing and dancing the whole time, like they're at a concert. But like you know, this I cannot wait to see this up. film. I cannot so, wait to see this film. And we got new music in the credits. I walked out of the theater like, God, I hope this is on Apple Music. And I checked it. It was. And I was like, we fucking move. Thank you. Um, I refuse to listen to the new song because I want to hear it in the fucking uh, theater as intended. So literally, I have to avoid the new Beyonce song for another four days. I got to tell you, hearing the formation beat drop in Dolby Audio, fucking just highlight of my year, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I should. The most fun I've had in a movie theater is listening to Formation and just like the fucking Dolby sound system is just like vibrating my seat. A plus. Did you see? You saw a few more movies than us um, because of your A list subscription. Yeah, I saw the holdovers. It was good. It's. It's not what I'd like go to Christmas movies for. Like I'm trying to feel the warm fuzzies, you know, when I watch Christmas movies. More depressing and, fuzzies. Yeah, the holdovers is not warm and fuzzy in the slightest, but it's still like a good movie. Um, I saw the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Snakes and Songbirds, Songbirds and Snakes, which I really enjoyed. Um, I hope they make more of those movies. Like the I would watch a prequel trilogy of that. I thought it was awesome. And surprise hits are not surprised, but like a, I was like a Hunger Games. Better not say surprise hit. This is one of the biggest movie franchises ever. Of course, nobody. I don't know anybody that read that book, even though it's like a New York Times bestseller. But like, I know a hundred yeah, people I, that have read those books. Those books are extremely popular. I didn't know popular. the book existed until the movie trailer dropped. <laughs> to be honest, it was quite literally like they she released it right before the pandemic or whatever, and then like within two weeks they're like we're making a movie. And I was like, oh, okay. So and they were like, yeah, Viola Davis is in it. I was like, cool, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> and I also watched uh, Sanctuary on Hulu. It 
batshit insane movie. What is that? And it's a uh, Margaret Qualley, Qualley, what however you say that. The chick from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she's in it, and she plays like a uh, like a dominatrix kind of. Oh, this is from last year. Uh, early this year, I think, but it's on Hulu now, so I finally got around to watching it, and it's it's good. It's like literally like two people in a hotel room, but like the performances are so good, and it's one of the like sexiest movies I've ever seen. It's yeah, it's crazy. You should watch. Okay, twenty twenty two. Yeah, Margaret Qualley. Um, this is. I think this came out when people were still trying to figure out how we do COVID stuff. So like we let's put two people in a room. Um. Yeah, Tej, do you have anything that you've been watching? I've been watching Fargo. Real Cinema is back, starting Fargo season five. Uh, I watched that Love is uh, Love has one documentary that Max put out. That shit was batch shit fucking crazy. I love me a cold doc. It did not disappoint. It's three episodes. It's fucking insane. Oh, a cold documentary. I'm watching Blue Eye Samurai, one of the best reviewed uh, pieces of pieces of content uh, this year. It's an anime on Netflix. I just watched the first episode. Uh, and I see I'm not a huge anime fan. I have watched anime before, but I wouldn't say that I, I, I would not call myself an anime fan. We are and admittedly I, a anime blind spot. Podcast. Yeah, I'm not a huge anime person, but I really enjoyed episode one of Blue Eyed Samurai, like really, really, really enjoyed it. So uh, that's going pretty well. And uh, what else am I watching? Uh I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm watching. No, I'm watching. Oh, I'm watching Rap Shit as well. Rap Shit is back. Rap Shit season two is back. Uh, I'm watching Rap Shit. Those are the things I'm watching. Have I watched any films? No, I was supposed. I need to go see Thanksgiving and Saltburn and Beyonce. So all those are on my list. Saltburn. We are. We may not review that, but the reviews that I've listened to and read about that. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah, it sounds Marcus Marcus liked it. He, he thought it was shit. good. I've heard it good things about it, but everybody's like, this is some real sicko content, but it's really good. I I I, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Apparently that and the Godzilla the new Godzilla minus one movie are really like, getting people's attention, but Godzilla minus one might be like real cinema. I can't believe they made a real cinema Godzilla movie, but I I am down to pull up to the theater and watch. I am in. Also, I mean, Silent Night, John Woo is back. So, oh, that's um, right. I need to see that as well. There's a lot. There are a lot of. We, lot of we've stuff. never been more back, guys. We're back at the movies. We've never been more back. Um, I watched on Apple called Flora and Son. Uh, is from kids movie. No, it's uh very much not. <laughs> um, it's from the it's from the director who directed uh, Sing Street. And uh, once Dex, the movie that we tried to watch when we were drunk, and uh, which yeah, I did he, actually end up watching, it was very good, yeah, it's a very good movie. Um, but he directed that, and it's another like musical sort of music's intertwined in the story movie, but it's um, just a really good, crass comedy, rated R comedy with some singing in it. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is probably the name that you would know from it. Also, the guy from uh, Midsommar is in there. Uh, okay. Let's see. I, I, I'll The boyfriend from Midsommar. 
I don't remember his the actor's name, but I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Jack Rayner. Jack Rayner, yeah. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Eve Hewson, who has been in... She was in Bridge of Spies, Robert, just a, a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, she's she's a she's a mom uh, who had to have been a teen mom who has like a sixteen year old son who she's trying to connect with, and she tries to connect with him through music. And uh, very very rated R movie, but it is really fucking good. I thought it was I thought it was one of the better things that Apple has put out. They they're kind of on a Pretty good hot streak, honestly, for me. They put out solid-ass content. Um, something that I have to talk about on this podcast, because I have no other form to do it uh, besides Twitter. Um, Yellowstone. Let's talk, <laughs> talk about Yellowstone real quick. Yellowstone is the most popular fucking thing on the planet, by the way. Um, you can't walk into any sort of boutique without say like seeing i heart rip shirts or whatever and uh walk into your local academy sports and outdoors and see some yellowstone merch bet your ass man (laughs) a dude you know taylor sheridan a man who has made his bones and was nominated for an academy award about the, the writing about the perils of capitalism and how banks are bad and uh, the government is uh, overstepping and stealing your money. Sure loves to like sell that shit. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Brother, it's the most popular shit on the planet. Every Republican that you know loves that show. Every white family is watching it on the Paramount Network before it even hits streaming. And uh, they own the DVDs of it to watch it. I have been watching it. For some reason, it's not on Paramount Plus. It's on Peacock, um, which is the first time I've ever like really scrolled that service. It's fine, actually, for like two dollars <laughs> a month. And yeah, cool. uh, man, I am thoroughly entertained. I'll say they that. got you. They got I'm you. Thoroughly entertained. It is a deeply unserious show. Unserious <laughs> content. It's Taylor Sheridan is him. He he knows what people want. He exactly. Knows. Like, but he he transitioned from being like, oh, am I going to be the next sort of like? I don't even know like who a writer of these westerns would be, but like the next John Ford, which is maybe too much, like ascribing too much to him. But those three movies, Sicario, Wind River, Hell or High Water are incredible cinema. Yeah, but and like, very serious cinema, not unserious yeah, very, cinema. very serious cinema. And this thing wants to take itself seriously. It just is unserious. It's like, <laughs> you watch it for like two seconds, you're like, it's just soap opera. It's like Buffalo soap opera. We're just like in, in the West and people are like dying and saying, fuck you. And, and Kevin Costner's like this is my land and I've always wanted this land. And you're just like, (laughs) dude, you're from California. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It just is. They just abandon storylines and, and write people off and they kill people without consequence. And I'm 
four seasons in. <laughs> I just can't. I can't describe <laughs> it any better than that. Anyway, I've watched that and all the prequels, so that's what I've been Yellowstone. <laughs> You you're gonna like that that once you get around to uh, finish all the Yellowstone properties, you're going to like that uh, one with uh, lioness. I'm gonna yeah, eat that gonna like shit Lioness. up. <laughs> it's so soap opera ish, but it's so fun at the same time. I've I've never seen Yellowstone or any of the any of the uh, prequels, but I can already tell exactly what you mean just by the way that he writes. It is completely unserious, but it is fucking entertaining. It is that the Saldana one? Yes. And okay. it it has it's way better than it has Fucking any business Morgan being. Freeman and uh, it's so much fun, bro. It is a fun ride. You will once it ends, you'll be like, oh, I, I didn't. I, I liked watching that. Like, it's not going to be the best thing you've ever watched, but it's going to be way more, way more compelling than it has any reason to be. I'll tell you this much, guys. I might buy a cowboy hat. <laughs> oh shit! I you might are, be. You are the target <laughs> demo. Look, 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 look. I'm look. There's something there. There. There's a there's some weird Republican just buried deep in the bottom of my soul, like and <laughs> and and all that will manifest itself is that I just need to buy a cowboy hat. Like I'm not gonna get on any. I'm not gonna start watching Fox News or anything. But I think I need a cowboy hat. Yeah, honestly, I kind of feel you on that. And like I working for Academy now, it's like I am like just so in inundated with like hunting content i'm like that could be a hunting guy like no like some of this it's all comfortable wear it's all comfortable shit and you get to wear clothes that are like too big for you to like hide like how fat i am now and it's just like yeah i could do this i can yeah. this <laughs> exactly. I can't believe you're about to get a cowboy hat. You literally are the target demo. It is working yeah. exactly as as expected. It's working exactly how Taylor Sheridan designed it. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. At a certain point, you either become skater dad or like or cowboy hat dad. And I think <laughs> I think I'm going toward, but against my better judgment, I think I'm going towards cowboy hat western wear dad. Like I'm just I've been in Texas too long, you know what I mean? It's like, I, just, ah, I need a pair of boots. Yellowstone like, resets you to factory defaults. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start shooting guns on the regular. Um, I will say, but it's like, teach. I'm not kidding. Like you would look good in a cowboy hat. Like everyone in that show wears one, and they all look phenomenal, great, and they look great. <laughs> like even the ugly people wear like like the ugly people in the show. They purposely put a, a couple of uggos in there, and they're just like they're just like yeah, the cowboy hat works. We're like, all right, I don't know. I'm just I saying. Like, like, I need a pair of Tacovas, and I need a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all the first Tacovas commercial I've ever seen in my entire life the other day. That's neither here nor there. But yeah, I've been Yellowstone pilled. Not red pilled, not blue pilled. Yellowstone. Yellow pilled. pilled. Yellow pilled. Uh, love that. Anyway, that anything else? And dude, yeah. it's so popular. It's unbelievable. I, I know it is because money. my mom's siblings, like their entire like sibling group chat, it talks about Yellowstone every week. Like it's crazy. That it, yeah, that's insane. I just and it, it really all it is is like him just going. Uh, Kevin Costner, 
I have to project this ranch and getting paid like $900,000 an episode. Crazy. I, I'll probably get around to it eventually, but like. No, you won't. It's a television exactly. show. There's about 90 billion episodes. You're not getting around to it. Just don't lie to our listeners. You're not getting I'm just it. saying it's the first like like prestige TV that I haven't paid attention to at all and like completely gotten where we are. I've, I've like been on my phone, second screening the entire time. It's only prestige because people like it, but it's not prestige. It, that Taylor Sheridan's TV shows are unserious, brother. Yeah. They are perfect. They are perfect. I don't think he's been nominated for like one Emmy. That's insane. It's like the most popular shit on TV. Uh, anyway, anything else? No, no, for me. No. All right. So that has been what we're watching. That has been a one take podcast. One take podcast episode. What? I didn't even say what episode we were on. One sixty. Shit. Help me out. Fading. 163. Here we go. Here we go. 162. Damn. Damn. We're right there. Uh, you want to talk about your Spotify wrapped? We know Drake uh, is number no. one on Dex's Spotify wrapped. We know that. Of course. Every year. Dex, you were saying, like, I don't think anybody has uh, listened to 50 South, you know, I've listened to 50-something thousand minutes of music, but I was looking at our thing, and, like, Caitlin and I, I guess combined, had listened to, like, 36 or, or 30,000 minutes of music. But I've also listened to 30 – I think it's just me – has listened to 36,000 minutes of podcasts. So I'm, like, right there with you. <laughs> like, I just I don't use it to listen, listen to, to music anymore. I can't listen to podcasts while I work because, like, I can't like follow a conversation. Like, while, mm-hmm. and like, I'm I'm actively trying to avoid conversation while I'm working. But literally, if I'm not in a meeting at work, I am listening to music. Like, it's just I can't sit there in silence. I'm the only one with headphones in at my office, and I kind of feel like a fucking weirdo. But also, like, I don't understand I how people do that. How do you just yeah. sit there just working in silence all day? Like, yeah, I need the content. <laughs> like, give me the content drip. Like, even like just how, you're just sitting there, just it like just listening to office chit chat all day. Like there's no office chit chat. Like we have police ow. scanners in in our in our office because it's the news or whatever. But that's fucking annoying, man. I got to drown all that shit out when I'm actually trying to lock in at work. So I have. Well, I, I I also can't let the voices get too loud. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in the One Take podcast, uh, Caitlin, my wife, was putting in work. Taylor Swift is our number one musical artist this year. <laughs> um, Zach I mean, Bryan. You're not a alone, late though. No, exactly. Zach Bryan making a like Yuck. Couldn't get in there. Tej, what was yours? I, I have a I share my Spotify account with my like family and they be listening to Mad Gospel and shit so it's all <laughs> skewed. So I don't I didn't even click it this year. I literally didn't even click it. But if I had to guess, it's probably you know you know what I noticed. I didn't tweet this because I didn't want people to be mad at me. I noticed that every year this happens, half the timeline is like, wow, I can't believe I listened to that much Drake and Drake is their number one artist that they listen to. It happens so often every year. They're like, wow. Well, I had no idea. And it's like, you Dex, probably listened to that much that. Drake last year. Yeah, it happens every fucking year. People are it like, literally does. Like that much. It's like, he's 
in like 75% of the people on my timeline's top five. Like, it's crazy. And I uh, get that, like, he puts out a lot of music, he puts out a lot of features, like, he's everywhere, but it's like, yo, like, <laughs> y'all listening to this shit. Don't lie to me. My, uh, my Spotify rap, though, was, like, shockingly Caucasian. <laughs> you about to get a cowboy hat? You're watching Yellowstone? It's, it's, it's re- Dude, you're literally being restored to your default settings. Yeah, Taylor Swift, Noah Khan, The Band Camino, Blink-182, Zach Bryan. Jesus Christ, that is white. <laughs> That's white as shit. Zach yeah. Bryan made my top ten this year, which is kind of amazing considering I had never listened to any of his songs before this year. So. Man, you were jamming that album. Yeah, loved it. All right, One Take Podcast, Spotify. Uh, thank you so much for those. Our, spot, our, our Spotify listenership actually did grow this year by like 60% or something. So Woo! Appreciate. Uh, those of you that listen, follow us. Uh, rate us, subscribe to us. That'd be great. And uh, subscribe. Not, well, you can subscribe on YouTube, One Take Podcast on YouTube. And you can follow us also on Apple, which we I think most of our listenership comes from. But follow us, get our follower account up on Spotify, promote us. We really appreciate it, guys. Um, Thank you. It, it sometimes oh, feels like listening. we're talking into the void about these movies, but it is really cool when people tweet at us and be like, y'all are putting out good shit. So I really appreciate that. Uh, we're not as popular as Teach's other projects because they just be uh, <laughs> screaming at each other in <laughs> about college like football. This. Yeah. Stop uh, the steal. Do not let them leave Texas out of the playoffs. This is a this is brother. Not y'all are gonna issue. be in the Sugar Bowl, and you're gonna fucking this like it. This is an American <laughs> issue. I appeal to your if you like sovereignty and freedom, and you trust these institutions that we claim to put our faith in. You will fight for Texas to be in the playoff after the events of this coming weekend. Please, 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 for the love of God! Now you know how Baylor felt for fucking three years in that shit. <laughs> Welcome to the couch, brother. God damn! Please let Texas in the playoff. We will do our part. We will dispatch of Mike Gundy and those group of bums in Stillwater. Just please put us in the playoff. Thank Out you there so much. Killing, killing uh, Longhorns and shit. Jesus. Fucking weirdo Oklahoma State fans. You guys get a fucking life. Don't hey, hey, get a life. We're gonna win, we're gonna beat you guys by 45, and you're out there killing animals. And for what? For what reason, guys? Please have some class. To own the libs down in Austin. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much again for for following us and uh, interacting with us. We will put out more content. Oscar season is upon us. Oscar so season is upon us. We'd love some good Oscar bait here on this podcast, but mostly, Dex, what are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. She's going to be top on my Spotify wrapped in 2024, for sure. I don't know what that means, but sure. <laughs> She's got music coming up. She makes music now. What? A girl makes music? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I don't think she's made anything yet, but apparently she wants it's to. It's coming. So. Uh, that's Please cigarette. don't put it out. Please don't put it out. We, I don't want to have to come hate on Florence Pugh's music. I don't want to have to do that. I, I simply that will not. I will lie. <laughs> <laughs> I simply refuse. I will lie. That's exactly what I that, that cigarette voice is going to hit you like a ton of bricks, brother. Uh, I will either lie or I will ignore it like I ignored uh, a good person. <laughs> that got promoted to me, by the way, about, on my Google TV. It was just like, please watch. That's my house, Maybe. 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 Nah. Alright. We're out.
told me I 